0: Yo, you know what time it is, man? It's your future favorite baby daddy, man, and the season two of the Baby Daddy Chronicles has officially kicked off, man. Today, I got my boy Harvey in the building. Um, a great topic, man. Great conversation. Thank you for everybody that's checked up on me, man. During this, during the uh the intermission, man. Thank you for everybody that's asked me when the episode was coming back. We back every Monday six AM. Let's get into it. The Baby Daddy Chronicles is back. Season two starts now. You are now listening to an Average Joe Media production. Baby
1: Daddy Chronicles.
0: As a father, yes, I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a
1: baby daddy Baby daddy, baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy
0: Welcome to an episode of Baby Daddy Chronicles, it is I, it is he, it is your future favorite Baby Daddy, and today, we're back, right, season two premiere, I got my boy, a gem from season one, my man Harvey, how we doing today?
1: We doing good, definitely can't complain about nothing. How's your new year going so far? New year's going great, working a new job, so everything looks to be promising this year. That's good, how's the family? They're doing good You know Getting older Able to fight more <laughs> I feel that I feel that I feel that How's your Mental health So far Definitely doing well That's good My
0: mental health straight I ain't You know Ain't making that of money You making yet But you know I'm doing a little <laughs> Little something so I'm Trying to get about this house Have my own shit You know what I'm saying But That's what's up yeah, That's Other than that up. though Bro I'm doing good I can't complain uh, Went on a few trips so far So I, I can't complain Oh wow Yeah I can't complain Um so let's get into it. Right. Sure. Today's topic is, from a man's perspective, how to spot postpartum. And I remember on the last episode, you know, you had touched on this a little bit. I wanted to bring you back for this. And considering, you know, you've been through this a few times.
1: Oh, yeah. Like I I
0: felt like you'd be the first the a great person to ask. So as a man. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you spot the first signs of postpartum? First of all, explain to my listeners. What is postpartum?
1: So postpartum is, a lot of people call it the baby blues. It's Mm -hmm. when a woman, you know, go through birth, their entire life changed, their body changed and everything. And so mentally, that's a traumatic experience for them. So they're really trying to get a grasp of life after the child is being born. So that's looking at themselves in the mirror and getting used to looking at a new form that is now their body having the new demands of a new infant and things of that nature. And, you know, it's difficult. A lot of people ain't able to really just leave the hospital and hop right into a joyous routine. Mm. It definitely takes some time. So
0: how do you spot postpartum? Like what are the signs?
1: Now I will say that with postpartum, my advice is that all fellas do their research on it because it looks different with every woman. Mm -hmm. Like, It's very similar to depression, but I call it depression with a twist because Mm. a lot of times they'll get angry on top of being sad and, you know, naturally you're going to think that it's just, oh, they tired or they probably want me to help out more or things of that nature. So it's not going to, it's not going to necessarily be obvious. You kind of got to understand who your partner is and know what's normal for her and, be able to compare that to her current state of mind.
0: Okay. Dealing with your wife, right? Yeah. When you first, when you had your first
1: child, when did you know like, okay, something's going on? I knew something was going on probably like right after the kid was born, but it wasn't until years later that I was able to actually identify it as postpartum depression. Because my understanding of the postpartum depression was just being depressed, you mm. know, being sad all the time, not really being able to do anything. So I didn't equate her actions to necessarily being depressed. I equated them to being agitated, you know, maybe not necessarily liking the demands of motherhood, being that this was our first child, you know, probably having some resentment towards me because I'm the cause of the child Mm -hmm. (laughs) but as far as like postpartum it wasn't until we had a conversation like two and a half two and a half years later where I was like wow that was definitely postpartum
0: you mind sharing some of that conversation
1: oh yeah most certainly like because when we was in it I'll never forget kid was probably like three days old and she had went to the grocery store I was at the house with the kid cause mind you we didn't have any help it was a week before my mama came down and mm. helped us like with the kid and she was only able to stay for four days so damn that's it Yeah, so y'all was that's
0: really it. in the trenches we was
1: really in the trenches most, like, most
0: parents be staying for a few months but four days she that's said what you yeah.
1: <laughs> Yep, <laughs> y'all y'all made it
0: y'all got it that's wild as shit
1: right she was kind of expecting her mom to have been more of like our person to reach out to because she wasn't that far away she was only like an hour and some change away in Ocala, Florida mm-hmm. but her mom had to work mm-hmm. you know, she came you know helped us come home from the hospital and then after we had been in the house for an hour, she was on her way back we ain't see her for a good little minute Damn. so we had to figure out a lot of stuff on our own so this particular day she just comes in and she's bringing in the groceries she didn't even ask me for any help or anything like that she just busts through the door brings in one load of groceries immediately immediately goes back out and get another one. Then when she comes back in with the second round of groceries, she just drops them and starts crying. So I thought that that was more so of, you know, we was at the point where this was overwhelming at the time. Mm -hmm. My wife was in nursing school. She literally pushed out the kid, and then three days later was waking me up saying, hey, you're going to drive me to class. Now I was like, hold up. You know, you just pushed out a whole brick.
0: Ain't (laughs) nothing the same with you anymore. Mm -hmm.
1: Are you sure you you can't miss a little bit of class? And she was like, "I pay for these classes. Either you can drive me because the doctor says I'm not supposed to be driving right now, or I'm gonna drive myself." So I was like, "All right." I mean. you going regardless. Mm -hmm. So at least let me make it safe by taking you. Mm -hmm. So I took her to class. She seemed to be going through the change of becoming a new parent. Fine. Until that moment when she started crying. And even then I just thought that that was us being overwhelmed because again, our kid was only like five days old, Mm. but as he started to get a little older and I started noticing that there was some irrational strife in between us where, there wasn't anything that I could do that was right. Like Mm -hmm. she would just be angry all the time. And I'm like, well, dang, you know, it gets to a point, especially if you don't know that that's postpartum where as the man, you're going to be like, well, F you, Mm -hmm. you know, my body may not have changed, but my life changed just like yours. And I'm trying to be as of a much assistance as I possibly can be. You definitely got to have communication, like open lines of communication. Cause I will say that was one thing that was to our detriment and have that strong communication mm. So Right
0: In your experience Right What are Because you know Everybody's different But what were Like outside of that Because you Going through a few pregnancies
1: mm-hmm. How can you spot it Now Now it's any type of irrational change in behavior. Cause she had it again with the twins, but this time I was more hip to it. So I knew what exactly it was. And it wasn't to the degree as it was the first time around. It's when like, let's say you just come through the door after going out and getting some formula and some bottles and out of nowhere, she's just like, Oh, you don't do anything for me emotionally. Like I have no idea why we're even together. Mm. Completely out the blue, like, Before you left, y'all were completely fine. And out of nowhere, she's saying that, oh, you're just the absolute worst partner. And there's zero connection and all of that. That's postpartum. So Mm -hmm. as a man, right, what do you do in those situations? How
0: can you be there for the mother of your child
1: to kind of, I don't want to say combat that, but kind of just reassure her? Oh, certainly. I will say once you know what it is. Don't get in your feelings, cause that's only gonna add fuel to the fire. It's better to ask more probative questions to get to the root of why she's saying what she's saying and kind of <laughs> help her like explore her feelings. So she'll have to explain why all of a sudden y'all she feels y'all have no connection. And then talking about that, you'll go off on tangents and it'll lead you to the actual root cause of the problem. And then she'll start she'll start revealing that, oh, you know. I'm just, I'm not taken to this new kid like I'm supposed to. I feel like disconnected from everybody. I don't know what it is, but I'm just in this fog. And I really am just looking for a way to get out of it. And then you guys can start like looking for paths forward that will help her get into a better mood. The the second time around when she experienced it, because she didn't have it with my second kid. With the twins, she definitely felt it a little bit, but we was able to like halt it before it really got bad. Mm -hmm. But the first kid, I reacted like anybody who's completely uneducated. You know, took it personally, definitely got into an argument, starts throwing shots back because you know she tired, I'm tired. I'm having to go back to work early cause you know, naturally I'm not a woman. So I'm mm-hmm. not getting paternity leave. I was lucky for the couple of days that even day. though you
0: mm-hmm. can get it. It's just a lot of, a lot of men don't know about it. And you
1: really got to exactly. push the company in order to get it. Yeah. You really do. And a lot of men are educated on it, And that honestly helps a woman like combat postpartum and avoid it if possible. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of postpartum comes from just straight up not having any help. Mm-hmm. You, know, you healing from childbirth and you can't really do what you need to do to heal. Like Anybody who gets a sports injury or gets cut or gets shot, any type of injury, they always tell you that you need to rest. Mm-hmm. Your body heals the most when you're getting adequate amount of sleep and you're eating and you're taking care of yourself. When you have a new kid, you can't do any of that. You definitely cannot sleep. You're eating whenever you get a chance to eat, so there's definitely no schedule your eating habits. You're last on your priority list, so that's definitely not going to be a great plan when you're actually trying to heal from something as traumatic as giving birth Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't even really realize that because you know they say hey it's your kid you got to figure it out that's true so
0: how was y'all like so how were y'all able to move past like once
1: you figured out what it was right what was the steps to be like okay we're going to get through this together what well, a love really kept us together the first time. Mm. I mean, because we definitely still had very strong feelings for each other. So despite all the stuff that we were going through, when we were good, when we actually had time to just sit down, take a moment for ourselves, we realized that there wasn't any real issues between us. We were just coping with becoming new parents. Mm-hmm. The issue was really more so lack of support than anything. Mm. And so just focusing on, why y'all are together in the first place will keep you through those hard times, and how long
0: did they Because I know each time each woman is different oh, how yeah. long How long did it last for your
1: wife? For my wife with the first one, it was probably about six months Phew, twins God, I just yeah. that's, a, that's half a year that's not that long, honestly, when you look at statistics, some women can be in postpartum for two years. yeah, I've
0: seen like some people be in postpartum for two years, and this is like that's rough yeah like I'm just sitting there going like, okay. Two years, like, so I used to talk to a chick, mm-hmm. and we, we used to talk for a little bit, and I think she was still going through it, and it was just like, that. I don't think that was something I could handle at the time, because I'm you like, you know, I'm single, thing. like, this ain't really my kid, and yeah. I'm dealing with the after effects of what he did, and I'm just like, oh
1: my gosh... Like six months, is, that's half a year. Six months is half a year. But most doctors will say that's pretty mild.
0: Like two years of not being really feeling like yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like if that stuff don't go checked, it can it can end very detrimentally. Because during that time, the woman's not really connecting with the kid. The mm-hmm. kid's more so like an obligation. Like I got to take care of you because you came out of me. But I don't mm-hmm. really want to. So some women who have no support system, it's very common that they end up killing the kid. Like Casey Anthony. Oh, yeah. Very much like that. And see how she just felt nothing about Mm -hmm. it when she was in that courtroom? Because she didn't bond with the child. And see, too many people think that when a woman just gives birth, immediately there's this instant, oh, my gosh, I love my child. Like, he came out of me. We're just so connected. That's the biggest crap I've ever heard that baby comes out of you and most women will agree after they just push the baby out of you, this slimy alien looking thing. <laughs> they don't want that kid put on them. They're like one, clean it up mm-hmm. Two, get me some food. Cause I'm starving, especially if the labor was longer than 12 mm-hmm. hours and you gotta, you gotta bond with the kid. It's not instant. All of that stuff takes time. That's the reason why it's recommended that women take off work so that they can actually form that connection with their kid. Because otherwise you know, it'll be an obligation you'll do for it because you know, that's what's expected of you. But the emotional attachment to it, that connection that they talk about won't form. So how do parents bond with their child? Taking care of them one-on-one. And I say that specifically for the men, because too many men have a kid. And because we're naturally supposed to be the protectors and providers, we don't even take the initiative to be with our child individually one-on-one. And it, is needed not only for you, but also for the mom. So the mom can get some time to herself so she can sleep, so she can actually take a bath for once that doesn't have, you know, to be interrupted by a baby crying. And so that the dad can bond with the kid as well. When you bond with the kid one-on-one, you start to understand their, their cues, when they're tired, when they're hungry, when they need to be changed, their personality, mm-hmm. what type of things will set them off, what type of things will calm them down. And that, that bonds you because you start to learn this child who can't speak. So you're strictly building this connection with them that y'all kind of have telepathically because they're nonverbal. You got to just read their energy and see women are forced to do that because women are naturally saddled with the baby. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why a lot of people, no matter how terrible of a mom they have, they would not speak ill of their mom because of that connection that they formed. They didn't get that connection with their dad.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Cause like, I'd be thinking like, yo, uh, this is man that's probably one of the main reasons why I don't I would if if babies would come out two years old, I'd probably be like you right now. I'd probably have like four or five of these motherfuckers out here. <laughs> but because they don't, it's like the whole infant stage and everybody says it's the best, you just leave them there and they just stay there. That's a lie. But it's like, I need you to speak. Like I was I was, I was like my best friend has like a I wanna say like a seven month old my goddaughter's like seven months now. Aww. And I'm just like, bro, like, how do you know, like, when she hungry, when she, everybody says you just know. And I'm just like, to me, like from not having kids, all babies cry the same.
1: They do. Oh, well,
0: they all cry the same. I don't know if it's a hungry cry, it's a poop cry, if it's a
1: tired cry, they all cry the same. Once you, and that's where the bonding comes in. Cause when you bond with them, you'll notice that they cry different. Like prime example, my twin daughters looking at them off rip. If you dressed them the same, do they hair the same? I'm not going to always know off looking at them, which one is which, mm-hmm. but if I'm asleep and I hear both of them crying, I can immediately tell you which one is crying because their cries are different. My first one, her cry is way more pitchier than the other one, but you only know that if you bond with the kid and that, that statement, whoever told you that the infancy stage is the best stage of raising a child lied to you. That is the most biggest lie that they continue <laughs> to perpetrate in society. And I do not know why, because I'm not going to let you sit here and think shit sweet. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> when they cannot talk. Having to figure that stuff out is a very hazing like process. You eventually get it together, I'll say around three or four months, but them times in between there is hours and hours of them just screaming and mm-hmm. you trying to figure out what it is. And some of the times it's stuff that you can't even do anything about. They got gas, indigestion, they just going to cry because they don't know what else to do when they feeling that.
0: Mm.
1: And so you kind of just got to rock them at that point. There isn't anything you can do to prevent it. <laughs> yeah. y'all be hating that, especially like, I don't be understanding
0: when babies be tired and they cry like bro just go to
1: sleep yeah <laughs> like
0: just that. go to fucking sleep just go to sleep
1: i promise you i got four and i still say that to this day like after having kids i'm just like you when they're and up is when it's awesome mm-hmm. but it's awesome especially after you've gone through the infancy stage, because now they have a bond with you. So now that they're able to talk, y'all, they they see you as like their idol. And they mm-hmm. want to be up under you. They constantly telling you how much they love you. And that part is great because now they're talking and y'all are like best friends, but you only get to that point. If you've gone with them through infancy, because I know we all know like two or three year olds who used to play with them when they was a little kid and now they act like they don't know you. Mm-hmm. You haven't been around them. Shit.
0: I, <laughs> listen, you could be around a baby the first two months and you miss two months.
1: They're going to
0: be like, Who is you? Yep. They're, they're going to be white
1: They're going to be like, <laughs> Who is you? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's that consistency. The person who takes care of an infant, who feeds them when they're hungry, puts them to sleep when they're tired, that's the person that they register as, all right, you're somebody I can attach to because you will take care of me. Anybody outside of that, it is stranger danger. And that's got to be a consistent taking care of them. You can't do it for two months and then take a two-month break Mm. because they will forget you. And now they attach to whoever was just taking care of them. Mm -hmm. I know my mom made that infamous mistake when I was a baby. She, I guess her sister, she tells me that her sisters wanted to like take care of me or something. Mm -hmm. I say that she was just looking for a break because my dad was a stereotypical old school dad, you know, great father, but he wasn't taking care of no infant by himself, Mm -hmm. not voluntarily. So she sent me to stay with her sisters for two weeks. And she said, when she came back to get me, I didn't know who she was. I was like, they my mama now. They the ones who be taking care of me. <laughs> who is you? And so she's trying to take me home. I'm screaming and hollering like she a stranger on the street. Mm. Oh yeah, those first those first two years are pivotal. People got a bond with their kid, and that bond is what lasts through a lifetime. You ever met people who had a good dad or they had a good um, stepfather, whoever? Did for them, was present in their life, but there's just, they don't understand why they just don't feel a closeness to them. Mm. It's because those bonds weren't built when they were young. You know, they can register, they can mentally look on a piece of paper and say, yeah, this person was a phenomenal parent to me, but I just don't feel for them the same way that I feel for my mom. Because whatever hand rocks the cradle raises the kid. Mm, That's facts. Going through postpartum, did you feel like the
0: baby could feel that energy? Yeah.
1: Okay. 100%. That's the reason why it's such a, a huge medical emergency and doctors take it very seriously. Because the baby knows when you're not connecting with them. I joke with my wife all the time and say, that's the reason why Harvey's my kid. <laughs> the other ones are equally both of our kids, but Harvey is mine. He'll be quick to tell
0: anybody who his favorite parent is.
1: <laughs> Did she feel some type of way when, when you say that? Back in the day, she didn't because she knew what it was. Mm-hmm. She knew that I definitely took towards it more so than her because she just she saw it more so as the glass half empty I saw it more as the glass half full and I mean she said it she felt that way with good reason we had this kid completely unplanned she's in the middle of nursing school you know she was on a trajectory to get her BSN. this definitely threw a wrench in her plans and she wasn't really planning on being a mom right then and there especially not that quick so I get it but you can't unless you check that like throughout the pregnancy and you do the work that it takes to kind of get over that once the kid is here they can feel that you're not connecting with them uh. they can feel that you're asking anybody and whoever is willing to watch them to watch that kid they know and that type of once that concrete hardens and those early connections are formed there's not a lot you can do to unroot that unless you kill the person they're close to uh. So how was she able to overcome that if she, if she has overcome it? She had more children. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much. Her and my son, they have a good relationship. But especially when my son was like between the ages of three and four, he was her snitch. Mm. Anything, because I worked <laughs> and she stayed at home with the kids. Mm. Especially because by then we had already had my second son. Anybody who came in that house, as soon as I came home from work, my son said everything. If mom burnt the chicken or if she did something that he did not like, I was the first person that he let know. But if it was the other way around, he not necessarily gonna run and tell me. <laughs> It was just a different bond with me and my first kid because I naturally I had to step into a position with him that I'll never have to step into that position for my other kids. Just because when my wife was in school, she did clinicals overnight. Mm. So there would be weeks where we wouldn't see her. I would Mm. take her to my homegirl Kaira's house during the day Mm -hmm. so she could keep him. That way she could sleep and she could continue to do her studies. That way having the kid didn't completely derail her career. So it's like it was unfortunate because that was a lot of time that she didn't get to have a lot of one on one time with him when he was really early, but we took that as a lesson with the other kids, so with your first son, you was pretty much for the first couple of years like a like a
0: a single no, I don't say a single dad like in regards to like finances but more so you took more of the parenting yeah.
1: responsibility I took a whole lot of the parenting responsibilities if there was um any new study or anything that somebody suggested or even things that you had to just work a little more so with them to do, I was definitely the first person to step up to do that back during that time period. Okay. Now,
0: if you knowing about postpartum, right, mm-hmm. What? how can men
1: educate themselves on it? I would definitely say read read while she is pregnant because a lot of men just chill. It's mainly the woman who's thinking about the pregnancy for mm-hmm. the nine months. Men don't really become a dad until the baby is actually born. Yeah, because we're not we're not really feeling the changes. Mm-hmm. You know, she's getting all the attention. There's not really any focus on us, so we have no reason to mentally check in. But they should definitely read up on it. Ask doctors on subtle symptoms that they can look for within their significant other. Because a lot of women go through it, but a lot of women will not admit to actually going through it. Mm. So, I had a friend who recently had a baby, right? Mm -hmm. How important is
0: it within those first few months to give the mom a break? Because it just be like at times, like she was explaining to where like, it would just be little stuff that she would ask him to do around the house that he wouldn't do. And now it's like, I feel like that can also lead to it because now it's like, you're not doing the little stuff that I'm asking you to do. And I, now I'm stuck doing X, Y, and Z. You're working. I'm here. Like, I can't even get you to watch the
1: kid for a little bit or watch this or something just so I can get a little bit of rest. Oh, yeah. That's, it's extremely important to help out your wife in every way possible. That's splitting chores, even if you do work outside the household, that's taking the baby by yourself Because that spirals them into postpartum, especially if you guys don't have, like, a village that's near you guys to help you out with the transition of parenting. Because she already feeding this kid every two to three hours, and that can drive anybody insane. Mm -hmm. And now she got to cook and clean and try to keep the house in order and then try to make time to feed herself, wash her hair. I remember when my first son... Like anything for yourself became way much more of a task. And Mm -hmm. that was with me and my wife splitting, you know, all the household stuff. So I can only imagine what it's like if you doing 90, 80 percent of it and your significant other might hold them for 10 minutes while you take a shower. Mm -hmm. And the sad part is is I know guys who get nervous when their wife take a shower. And leave them with an infant for just 15, 20 minutes. And it's just like, why? Like, you, like that's your kid too. Exactly. Because men were never told that they needed to step up. And honestly, back in the day, they really didn't need to. Because you live close to your mom and your uh-huh. grandma or your sister. So there was a collective of women to naturally help you. But nowadays, you know, with grandma and grandpa still being in the club and everybody saying, F you, you know, I got my life back. Mm -hmm. I ain't trying to really help you with your grandkids. Just send me some pictures. A lot more people is on their own. So men got to step into that role that grandma used to step into. So how do men step into that role and succeed in that role? You got to really remember that women do not know how to raise a child any better. Mm. They are brand new parents just like you. They are learning just like you. So stop feeling like you are inferior when it comes to caregiving and figure out your child. Take your child, go to the grocery store, like let your wife go somewhere, go out with her friends, have a moment. And you just stay home all day with your kid because you got to learn how to do it by yourself. Anything can happen in this world. And if something happened to her, of course, giving the kid to you. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so you got to know how to roll with those punches, too. Mm. Yeah that's a good Yeah
0: that's smart Cause I feel like There are some dads Like the dads I know Will sit there And be with their kids But I also know Some dads that When during infant stage like, like you said They
1: be They be terrified Yeah And I'm like bro That's your child Exactly Like that's she, your jet She didn't There's not anything That was bestowed upon her That you can't get She mm-hmm. learned the same way As you she actually learned in a worse state of being because she had to learn right after giving birth. Mm. And birth, I'm telling you, it looks like the absolute most traumatizing thing ever. To watch children come out of women and women turn around and get up and start changing diapers? Oh, no, it could (laughs) be me. Hell no. that's You're going to learn how to change a diaper first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like men would be better prepared if they were more, because I know I plan on doing this like, especially with my first kid, like I'm going to doctor visits, we're going to parenting classes. I'm reading books so that way I know like I'm I'm practicing changing a diaper on a baby stuff so that way when it's time like I'm not petrified like, oh, I don't know how to do it or X, Y, and Z. Now of course it's gonna be a little different if you have a daughter, because like you don't have those same private parts. So You're you right. you gotta maneuver a little bit different. You gotta be a little bit more careful so they don't get you don't get no bacteria or anything like that. But Very like true. just like I told, uh, my one friend, like she had a, uh, she had a baby boy and she was like, every time I, every time I change him, he pees on me. I was like, because when, when that, when, when the air hits the penis, exactly, it's going to pee. She was like, how do you know that? I was like, because of the baby daddy Chronicles podcast. That's how I know. But <laughs> I know these true. things. I was like, so therefore, like as soon as you, as soon as you take the diaper off, you got to put it back on quick. Otherwise he going, cause it's going straight to the air. Cause the cold air activates the penis going to pee on you. She was like, yep. Oh shit.
1: And you got to watch out because it'd be the same thing with girls. Mm-hmm. As soon as that diaper come off, it's something about that change in temperature. They'd be ready to pee. So you either got to have a towel or you got to be swift with that diaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tend to keep a towel because sometimes I don't be quick enough and I know it. So for your kids, right?
0: How long did it take to go from feeding every two to three hours to once a couple hours or to, to kind of like to where it's not feeding as often?
1: Now that is dependent on the baby. I will say you have a slight advantage if your children are born bigger. Like eight pound plus babies, they don't eat as often because they have more fat stored. Mm. But the smaller your child is, oh, it's going to be a longer period. And if they're just greedy, then it's <laughs> going to be a longer period. Because I know if our first one, he, he was the worst he was the worst all the way around when it came to sleeping it was probably about four months before he started giving you about three to four hour stretches where he would just sleep god damn and three to four hours feels like a full night's sleep when you are a new parent mm. you'll take that you're like all right that's cool now my second one he was great he was it was probably like two months and he's sleeping four five hours mm. a couple of times i woke up with like oh snap i'll be Dead. <laughs> you, know, you go make sure that he's still breathing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was cool. Now the twins, the twins actually did a lot better than I thought they would because they were born small. Mm. Like the eldest was only three pounds and fourteen ounces. Mm. And the second one was four pounds and seven ounces. But they still was around about three months when they started sleeping longer stretches to the night. So it really all depends on the kid. Okay. Um, a couple more
0: questions and we'll get out of here. Oh no, take your time, man. Um. When a mom is going through postpartum, right? Is there like doctors she can
1: seek or what is the process in that? There's definitely doctors she can seek. Um, Her pediatrician, I mean, not a pediatrician, her primary care doctor will be able to refer her to who will be the best specialist to deal with that. A lot of women are reluctant in going just because they do note that in the case and they note that just in case anything were to happen down the line with the child, mm-hmm. like if the child were to have been dropped badly or if God forsake, the kid actually passes away and the mom is the primary caregiver, they would have that on record saying that, okay, she did struggle with postpartum. So this could be something that could have been a catalyst to the kid's death. Mm. And a lot of women see that as like a slight to their motherhood. So they don't necessarily want to go and talk about that. It's really, you kind of really got to like gently talk to them about their feelings to really get them to open up about it because women are in a secret competition with other women like they're the best mom out there. When honestly, I tell my wife all the time, those women aren't better mothers. They're just hiding their flaws better Mm. They're not telling you about their losses. They only telling you about their wins because they all out here figuring it out the same and Mm. every child is different. Can dads get postpartum too? Yes. And that's not talked about enough. Most certainly because your life is completely flipped over as well. Especially if you had a wife who had a traumatic birth and y'all also don't have any support system. So you're having to do a lot more than you expected to. And don't let you be one of those fathers who didn't really want the child, Mm. but you're trying your best to roll with the circumstances you've been given that can definitely send you into a mentally depressed state because a lot of your life is put on pause. You can't just get up and go when you want to. Your sleep is completely interrupted and it's interrupted for years. That type of commitment, especially if it's a commitment that you did not really want makes people just completely detached from the child altogether. So for men, right? If you had to say, what would you think would be signs of postpartum for men? Signs for postpartum or for men is something that I feel more women need to tap into. And mm. that's if you had a very loving, very attached type of man and out and just overnight after the kid being born, he's completely withdrawn, he's very quiet. Even when he is caring for the kid, he looks robotic, It's very emotionless. Those are signs of postpartum for men. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't discuss enough mm. because they feel like, one, anything mental health related to men, nobody wants to discuss it because they feel like men are supposed to be impenetrable, we're supposed to be like perfect and just strong and life happens. Like having a kid is no easy feat. It completely changed everything about life that as you recently knew it. So if that wasn't anything that you were planning for and that you really wanted, it can definitely send you in a downward spiral, especially if you feel like you're being judged in any type of way.
0: Mm. Did you have postpartum? No. Okay.
1: The only reason why I feel like I didn't have postpartum is because I knew I wanted kids at some moment in time, not as early as Mm -hmm. I had them, but I still eventually wanted them. I will say one, if I had not wanted those kids, just the type of family that me and my wife were coming from. You know, our parents are very old school. Mm -hmm. They can give a lot of unsolicited advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That would have definitely sent me into a depression because I'm like, hold up. Let me not already want this status in life. But now you're only coming around to tell me what I am not doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely would have been deep in my feelings. I feel like a fear. I fear for a
0: young black parents is that they both end up hitting postpartum at the same time. And then it's like at this point it's like I can't lean on your shoulder You can't lean on mine And it's like I don't know how they will get out of that situation
1: Intervention from their family and friends Mm. And it definitely happens More so than anybody will know But people tend to stay away from people When they freshly had a baby That's when you need to check up on them the most Mm. And not coming over just because you want to play with the kid Ask them what needs to be done Like I know my homeboy and homegirl I'm the type of friend where If I come in and I know that you're going through a rough time, if I see dishes in the sink, I'm going to wash the dishes. If I see anything that needs to be cleaned up, I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to ask you what else, what else is on your to-do list that you just haven't had time to get around. Cause when two people hit postpartum, what typically tends to be the case is they're both sitting there, like looking at the wall, both ready to just off themselves and the baby in the other room, screaming at the top of his lungs for hours. Like, Neighbors probably banging on the wall telling the kid to shut up and the parents are just like, F it, you know. We're just sick of trying because they both fed up. A lot of issues with parenting in the millennial generation is because the baby boomer generation is not paying for what the silent generation paid for them and previous generations paid for them. They always came around and helped out when they knew somebody had a child because Mm -hmm. they had been there and they understood what it was. Too many boomers... Are wanting their life back and it's a very Selfish mindset because your grandmother Didn't get her life back mm-hmm. she sat There and she helped you with her children She gave you free child care Why aren't you willing to do That to your own kids I think I think part of the reason Is is
0: because We Having kids younger and younger So You're we really
1: not So Great-grandmama was pushing out kids at 16. She was married by 15. You got a point there.
0: But I feel like back then, the family values were more instilled than they are
1: now. That's true. But where did that chink in the chain come? Mm. Because you need family, and you don't realize to the extent that you need family— until when you have kids. The biggest issue with America is everybody got this individualistic nature. It's me, me, me. Mm-hmm. This is mine. That's your responsibility. It was the community's responsibility back in the day. And that's where it changed. So like
0: it used to be a community back in the day. Yep. Like nowadays, like so I'll give you a prime example, right? In Jersey, I knew all my I knew all my neighbors within the cul-de-sac. Now would you do on the street? I they, people just keep moving left and right. I don't right. know none of them, so I can't sit there and be like, "Hey, yo, you want to hang out? Like, can I get some salt? Like, can I get some pepper? I can't do none of that because I don't even know you. So if I don't know you, you definitely not going to know that I have a baby. That's true. or anything like that. Like, it's 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 everybody is so disconnected. I agree. And because we don't have that community, everybody's struggling. Because before, like, it'd be like, look, I remember growing up. We had somebody from my church that used to live up the street. Oh, yeah. And when my parents weren't home, I could either stay with my next door neighbor at the last same last name as us. Or we'll walk up the street and stay with them and they would feed us. as us hope we we're the homework till our parents get home. We don't got that no more.
1: Nah, that's the same way with me. If I got locked outside the house, I would go to my next door neighbor, Miss and She was an older lady, older black lady. And she would just let me sit there until my parents got home. We really don't have that anymore. And it's a shame. How do we get that back? It got to start with the family. First off, the first person rejecting you should not be your parents. Your parents should be the first one there, mama and daddy, whenever you have a child. Both sides of the family. Like, it should be a rotation because they know what you're going through. They should offer the free child care. It shouldn't be, oh, you know, well, how much you going to pay me? I'm only going to watch your kid. Like, I give you, like, once a month. Was grandma giving you once a month? The same assistance that the baby boomers got from the older generations is the same thing that they need to be paying forward. And that's the reason why when they make those statements about how hands-off they're going to be with their grand their grandkids, I'm going to be like, one, our generation, we love grandma. Like, when grandma died, that was the same as losing a parent. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like that for these future generations. So you know you're going in the home. That's the first place you're going. Everybody, you know, they all healthy and happy because they don't have any responsibilities because their kids are grown. But understand the pendulum swings back. Mm -hmm. You still want to be of service to your descendants because you will need them until you transition. Like, don't ever think that you're going to be independent until the end. Mm. It's going to be some time where you're going to be dependent on those same people that you cut off just because they turned 18.
0: Mm.
1: Here's a theory for you. I feel like part of it is also because nowadays, right,
0: kids are so wrapped up in their phones and technology, they're not going outside to play. That's how I met most of my friends. I went outside to play, and then their parents got cool with our parents, so therefore if I needed to, if I needed to stay somewhere, I could go stay with them because my parents trusted their parents. That's true. Nowadays, everybody's so wrapped up in the iPads and the iPhones and technology and want to stay in the house, you, you don't even attempt to have that bond.
1: You don't. And people supposed to be screen. They supposed to be monitoring that screen mm-hmm. time. I definitely do it with our with our kids. You get a couple hours, and that's it. That's it. But too many people use it as like a pacifier, so that they don't have to actually interact with mm, the kids.
0: Lazy parenting.
1: Very true. Lazy parenting.
0: Mm, 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 mm. All right, let's get into the parenting corner segment. Sure. Give me a struggle of the week as to what happened, and how you parented versus how you think you
1: should have parented. A perfect example. And I'm still on the fence of if I should have did something different. So my family is very mixed up. So all of my kids are all different complexions Mm -hmm. and they have different textures of hair. My sec, my two boys, they're the oldest ones where they really can be cognizant of what people are complimenting them or not complimenting them. And I always let their hair grow out when they, the first two years of life, just because uh, you know, your hairline's still coming in. Mm-hmm. And then just so you look different, you don't look like every other baby. And so I noticed continuously, even when I would correct them, people would always compare my oldest son's hair texture to my second son's hair texture. My oldest son takes hair after his mom, whereas the second one takes hair after me. They're always giving him all these compliments, talking about how different they look when they really don't look any different. They just have different complexions and different curl patterns and always making it seem like one was more nicer to have than the other one. So what I did recently, I took them both to the barber and cut it off. Like make y'all equal. Y'all both look exactly the same. Now, a lot of my friends crucified me on Saturday and Sunday when they seen the kids and they like, Hey, you just shared them like she. <laughs> and I was like to cut down on those comments because even my oldest son had asked me questions about, oh, you know, why do people like Grayson's hair so much better than they like mine? And I was like, they don't like Grayson's hair better than they like yours. It's just, it's just different. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, why is the difference so such a big deal? And that's when I was like, oh, all right, you're getting smart. Let me go ahead and see if I can do anything to level the playing field. Mm-hmm. I did that mainly and I still don't 100% regret it, but I will say my homeboy, their godfather, pointed something out to me. He said, no matter whether you cut it short or let it grow, people are going to always be able to tell the difference. It's better that you teach them both to love their hair texture for what it is now Mm. instead of trying to shear it off and make them look the same because now you're perpetuating what other people are saying. You're saying, Oh, there is a difference. Let me try to make y'all look more equal as if one is better. Mm-hmm. So that's a kind of little black struggle that we work through right now. what mm-hmm. your wife think about that? My wife, uh, you know, she really honestly got her hands full. <laughs> 20. She ain't got that much energy to really be paying attention to the comments like that. Okay, she probably was like, hey, listen, that's what you feel like is best? Hey, listen yeah. here, you. <laughs> she was like, they boys anyway. It's not It's,
0: it's not like they need hair. Okay. Um, give me a funny dad story.
1: I will say a funny dad story is when I was telling my homegirl, Sierra, about, because she's, you know, looking forward to motherhood one day. Talking about the twin? hmm Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. She's always, but she, um, she comes over our house and she sees how like the kids follow us everywhere. And she's mm-hmm. like, dang, when do y'all ever get any time to yourself when you go to the bathroom? I'm like, no, nah, not even there. She was like, what? Yeah. I could have told her that <laughs> they follow you everywhere. They literally follow you everywhere. And if you dare close the door to use the bathroom, they will beat the door down. Cause to them, that's like rejection. Mm-hmm. So I told her, you know. I was using the bathroom and my oldest, he had to have been like two at the time. He was standing right next to me and I was peeing standing up. And so he's just standing there watching me. And then when I was done, he looked up and said, All gone. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, hey, nigga, I know you fucking <laughs> <up."> <laughs> And I was like, What? Let us say that's how kids are. You don't get it, there ain't no secrets anymore. And they do my wife the exact same way. And she was like, dang, like, when did they grow out of that? I'm like, probably elementary school. But it's definitely not in those first four years. Oh, man, that's funny. That's funny. You said all gone. That's funny as shit. <laughs> um, give father some advice. Try. Do not worry about a felon. You're going to make mistakes. Your parents made mistakes with you. The kids do not care about the mistakes. All they care about is the effort and the love. Just try and don't let any woman psych you out and basically box you out of your children's life because women will continue to use children as a pawn mm. as long as men allow it. Mm. I agree with that.
0: And how do you view yourself as a father right now in this moment?
1: I feel like I'm a good father, mainly just because I try. Like I genuinely try to connect with all of my kids. I try to take them out one-on-one individually. I may put others to bed first so that I can spend one with, Spend one-on-one time with one of them that I may not have been able to do as much with earlier in the week, but just the effort because I know for a fact I'm not doing everything perfectly, Mm. but I'm trying. I respect that. And then,
0: right, parent report card. If you had to grade yourself, right, what would your GPA be? I would say
1: I gotta be minus. Okay,
0: (laughs) but I say because I'm definitely not an A. (laughs) So where can you improve at? What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses?
1: I will say my strengths are discipline. I'm not afraid to discipline my kids and I'm very good at understanding what they're able to do for their age limit. Whereas other people would kind of just write them off because they're too young. I will say I, I lack spending the quality time with each of them because sometimes I will admit I am very tired when I come home after Dylan, with all these people who I now have to manage at mm-hmm. work and then coming home, if my wife is kind of in that groove and, you know, she getting everything done, it, it, unless she tell me to tap in, I'm going to let her do it. I've definitely been slacking on bedtime stories lately just because my schedule is unpredictable and then getting home. Before I know it, it's like 930, and I'm like, ah, just going to bed. Mm-hmm. So I will say I got to get better with the juggling aspect of it. It's only only gonna get worse because my son is probably gonna be playing football in this coming fall. So mm. yeah, between that and the stuff he already does and then adding in another kid schedule on top of that, I'm gonna definitely have to get some type of spreadsheet or just be very strict with my time. Mm, now I feel that. Well, I appreciate you getting
0: on, man. I feel like this was informative. I felt like, you know, I made the right decision for getting <laughs> you on. Definitely gotta get you on more. I'm about to see if I can make you like a regular once a month guest or something like that. Cause you'd be He's spitting these gems,
1: Harvey. Let me know, cause I want black fathers to know black fathers are important, black mm-hmm. fathers are needed, and black fathers are good fathers. All you have to do is believe in yourself. Mm. You got any social media you want to plug in? Uh, you can follow me on IG at Macallister Dynasty. That's M C A L L I S T E R D Y N A S T Y. Um, I'm just a regular guy trying to make great kids, raise them up to be the doctors and lawyers I know they can be. And yeah, we're
0: going to see if they get there. Excuse hey, man, me. I hear that, man. Um, you already know y'all can follow me, man. Baby Daddy Chronicles Pod on Instagram, Baby Daddy Cron on Twitter. Uh, tell, a friend to tell a friend to share it with another friend so parents can hear this. Um, I am getting more moms on for season two to go along with the dad. Today, we'll have some more diversity. Uh, if you want to start a podcast, com. You already know. This is an Average Joe Media production. And subscribe on Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox. I know I told you I was going to do video for season two. And I am. But until I get my (laughs) own place, it ain't happening. Because I was trying to set this shit up this morning. Because now that my mom's retired, she be downstairs. So I know she ain't trying to turn the TV down. And then it gets dark all late. And even I still got the camera, I got to set all that up. I was like, audio it is until... I get my own place, then I can have a full setup on how I want it. But I appreciate y'all. I love y'all, man. Thank y'all for rocking with me. Season two is back. Every Monday, 6 a.m. I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all. It's your future favorite Baby Daddy signing out, man. Peace. If you enjoy what you're from Baby Daddy Chronicles Podcast, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at Baby Daddy Chronicles Pod and on Twitter at Baby Daddy Cron. If you want to watch the videos, subscribe to our YouTube at Average Show Media LLC, which is also in the bio. And then... You'll go to Baby Daddy Chronicles and you'll see all the videos for that. If you want to join the community, go on Facebook to Baby Daddy Chronicles. It's a group and you'll see there. Go ahead and see, uh, go ahead and uh, follow the group and stay up to date with the podcast and also be a safe space for fathers and parents as well. Don't forget to leave us a subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and leave us a review as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for laughing. And I hope you continue to enjoy the content. Well,
1: Baby daddy, I, I ain't a nobody. As a father, guess I feel
0: like I'm somebody. My life is my kid, so I tell about it, and I swear it's all about that. Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy. I ain't a baby daddy.
1: Baby daddy. Ain't nobody